if you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. DDP Snake Pit fans, what is going on? It's time for another edition of DDP Snake Pit right here on Podcast Heat and AdFreeShows.com. I, of course, am John Albin, joined as I am by the fide Hall of Famers every single week, Jake the Snake Roberts, Diamond Dallas Page. Gentlemen, how are we today? <sighs> well, Jake's doing his best to quit smoking, uh, and that's what the uh, it also It also keeps me from doing stuff that I shouldn't do. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm proud of Jake. He's really working hard on it. Uh, and we got you know, uh, how you been doing the live O2? Yes. Man, I had a bad experience with it this morning. I'll talk to you afterwards. Yeah, it was hard to freaking breathe, no, right? I almost passed out. Oh, yeah, no. well, you, that's. I did squats and I forgot to flip the thing back over. Oh. So I'm sitting there holding that mask, trying to get oxygen, when the machine's telling me, no, you can't have any. Right. And I finally started to fall, and I ripped the mask off, and I fell partly on my bed and then on the floor. But I'd done like 20 squats. Well, that I, that's the kind of memory you're just sitting down. I yeah, know, I know. This, this, I, this, oh. this, this oxygen thing that me and him have been doing, uh, it's really going to help his breathing. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, it's all about training and uh, in your mind. And it really gets uh, the oxygen in your brain really good. Uh, uh, it's like all the top athletes are, you know, doing it. Uh, the guy who developed it out, out of Colorado, and uh, you know, we all got on it. And uh, <laughs> you can't push yourself too hard, dude. I'm taking that mask yeah, off yeah, too. Man, it's scary. Uh, it's weird, man. It's scary. All of a sudden, no oxygen, man. And it's like going from, we're at sea level right now. Yeah. And we're starting out, like we breathe 21% oxygen right now, right? That's what's in the air that we breathe. Well, this gives you either 90% or up, <laughs> you know, or it comes down to 12, 14%, 12%, yeah. 10%. 10% is like 22,000 feet. You're flipping the switch. Right. So it's, it's so, simulating it. I got yeah, you. Here's, here's what it's doing for you. When you flip that switch to where it lowers the oxygen, it triggers your brain to get to friggin' work. You're dying. Because normally we don't try to put ourselves in that feeling. Yeah, it's fight or flight. It, it's, yeah, exactly. But when you, that mind says, oh, my God, panic, you got to have oxygen, it, it makes the things kick in that don't normally kick in. Mm -hmm. Because you're putting yourself there, you know, and you're trying to force yourself to have that feeling because that wakes up the things in your body that do their thing. Like a great example would be when athletes go to train for Olympics, where do they go? They go up to Denver <laughs> where it's mile high. You know, they're a mile high. And above the themselves from oxygen. Right. And then go you know, and, and push up. I'm never hitting the first match I ever had. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I had no idea. Or Albuquerque. Same thing, you know. I freaking, I freaking, but 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 in Denver, when it hit me, 
I was gassed. Yeah. And I, no one could gas me eight, back then. Eight minutes into the match. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what the, What happened to the oxygen? Oh, my God. You know, so once, well, you, once you combine the, you know, working out with this. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing it every day, man. And I, and I feel energized afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know? definitely. So that, that's that's it's, it's another way just to hold back hands of time. It's to help Jake with his breathing and with the, what's it called? OC? Uh, OCD. OCD, you know, that he's, you know, going through. So, and he's also working with rubber bands as quit smoking. And the, so the brain trick, man, I'm starting to get stuff that I haven't had for a few years, you know? starting to explore you know things with my mind and starting to create again that's Good. awesome that's great yeah which i haven't done in a long time and i'm really excited because uh guys i'm taking the month of september off to finish my book and uh long overdue yeah 10 years passed but you know i, I never once sat down because i did this all myself i never once sat down and worked on that book unless i was really feeling it you know and sometimes I would work two or three days straight, you know, 14, 16 hours a day, all night long. But then I wouldn't write again for maybe a month, two months, because I just didn't want it to be vanilla. I wanted to have the dips and the peaks and all that stuff. So, yeah, September I'm doing that because my brain is really kicking in and I'm excited. Um I'm excited about today's podcast. To tell you the truth, man, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, that we do. One, besides me, uh, <laughs> or Dallas, uh, we can talk about somebody doing their last match, maybe. Yeah, you're or talking about you're talking about one. getting gassed in eight minutes. Uh, back in the day, Ric Flair would go sixty, no problem, just about every other night. So yeah, they've done that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's we'll, who, we'll come to later because I, I watched a match with you. And Rick, in preparation for this, uh, that was 1985. Oh, okay. In Mid South. Oh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yeah. And do you remember what happened in the beginning? I did eat his ass. Right in the beginning. Before the match started. Before the match started, he's like, hit the bell. And it's going to go and no, Jake. Oh, man. Uh, I, had, I had the world belt in my hands, man. But the referee screwed me. You know, but it, it was it was really unique, and of course, Rick just laid there. Yeah. Let's just talk about it now. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about this. It was it, it to me. I sent it um, to a kid named Nick Wayne. Who this kid is a young sixteen year old kid. I met him at uh, at the signing over the weekend when I was in Nashville for uh, Starcast. And this kid, oh my God, some of the moves that he can oh, do Jesus. are insane. Like fucking diamond at sixteen, yeah. And I, you know, and I got in his head and a little bit. And we've been talking, and I talk about selling, like in between the stuff. So I sent him that match. There you go. I sent him that match because that is a great. You know, we're talking two of the greatest of all time in that ring, and it's it, you couldn't you could still do exactly the same thing today as they did if it was them. Yeah. But for two kids to go out there and try to do that. Maybe not as much, you know, but they still need to understand how important the art of the selling. selling is. Yeah. Because that's what drives the people crazy. Yeah. 
especially when you have great heel yeah. like Flair. Yeah. And you were over oh my huge. God, DDT was ooh, like they were just calling DDT as he was getting in the ring. And, you know, of course, Nate, uh, Nate came right in. He started screwing with your T-shirt yeah, and, with me. you know, screwing with him. And then all of a sudden he just hooked him and hit him. Boom. And go, boom what a know? pop. Oh, God. And then six minutes of Rick laying there. Rick laying there with Jake, but Jake, the referee ring was the great. Bell, ring the bell, man. <laughs> and the, the people, he going to the people, come on, ring the bell. I mean, it was really, really, it, it'll be a great thing. And any other young kid out there who's watching, you know, watch that, that match. Watch that match. I mean, too amazing. And, uh, and, and how Rick and I took it from there. And still made a great matchup. Oh, yeah. It didn't go from dead to 100. Rick worked it and got a little stronger, got a little stronger, and then he turned it on. And then, of course, back and forth with his selling. Because no matter what, like the littlest things, if you watch Rick, when when you're when you're on that attack and how he's trying to like grab anything, the, anything to like escape. The, you, know what, you know what it is? You act like it's a shoot, but you work. Right. Guys, quit thinking you're Superman. If a baby sticks a finger in your eye, you sell it for 30 minutes. I'll see guys get gouged in their eyes and they, they don't fucking even sell it. I go back. Really? The, the blind match. You did. Oh, the blind match with Rick Martell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. art of selling. That was the most fun I've ever had in the ring and got paid yeah. for it. And the people went crazy. I've had more people talk about that match than anything yeah. else I've ever done. And, and they go, we were at home, man. And I got so hoarse yelling, take that little lamp to the lamp. No, not back this way. Of course, this son of a bitch can see everything. I'm doing right the opposite of what they want. <laughs> we back into each other. Oh, you know, The really strange thing about that match was when it was first brought to us, Martel said, hell no, I can't do that. No way in hell. And Pat Patterson, God bless him, got with Rick and talked Rick into trying it. Because he just didn't see how it could work. We, I'd already done it. I'd already done a blindfold match in Mid-South. We had a blindfold battle royal. Talk about a cluster pot. <laughs> he was both like, I can't even imagine that. That was hilarious. <laughs> it looked like, you know, 15 drunk old women you know, <laughs> in a sewing bee sticking each other with needles or something. But I'd already experienced it and learned how easy it was to make a spot. There you go. You know, uh, the only thing that we didn't do in that Martell match is I wanted to hook the referee and DET him. Right. That would have been, been a great spot. Yeah. Then Rick could have taken his mask off and jumped him with my ass. But we didn't do that. One, one uh, day we'll definitely way. have to talk long form about that match because there's so many questions that I have about that oh, match. Yeah. I'm sure our fans let's do. Let's get back too. to Flair. Let's uh, but, back. but let's talk about Flair selling. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the roast. Then. The beginning. It, it was started. It was a the the whole Starcast weekend. First off, it was so great to see you, Dallas. Uh, and and this is a shoe, guys. Diamond Dallas Page had one of the longest lines all weekend, consistently every single day. And I just thought it was so cool that you all these so people... slow. That's what it is. <laughs> I thought I it was so cool. With everybody. No, he does spend time with me because mm-hmm. he got something to tell you. That's exactly he wants it. To hear what you have to say. Yeah, that to me is the way 
It should always be handled. These are our fans that we're dealing with. If you haven't got time for them, they shouldn't have time for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dallas made time for everybody. I thought it was so cool seeing how many people were telling you how inspirational you were to them. Absolutely. Different success stories. So you should take a lot of pride in that Dallas. And then, you were involved on the Friday night with the roast of Ric Flair, which was that was an experience. That event that was that was absolutely wild. Uh, I'd like what, to hear that. You know, one of the, for me, I had so many friends of mine, you know, who wanted the right stuff for me, and and my my uh, Paul Walter Hauser wrote me some stuff. Um, my buddy uh, Aaron Blitzstein wrote me some stuff. My buddy Rick Schmick. Red wrote me some stuff, like really good. And then I got some other stuff from somebody, uh, some of the, some of the comedians. I mean, they, they they're so good at this, you know, they're oh. so good, but it was too good because I just yeah, I couldn't stiff. I couldn't say those things about no, Rick. No, you know, I couldn't no. say that. Uh, I, I couldn't say that. I like what Gerald Briscoe did. What Gerald Briscoe? His last match? You're talking about the last match, you're talking about the Gerald uh, Gerald Briscoe. He already knows. Said my last match. You pull it up. You, you got to see this, Dallas. He said, "Here, here's." He said, "This is my last match," and it's and a picture of a him. Match and lit it. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I, I want to say something before we dig into Rick's match, because um, it was hard on him, no doubt. I remember my last match, and I wish to hell I'd never done it. Because I was so ashamed that I could not do the things that I normally did. I felt like I was robbing the fans, cheating them out of something that I couldn't do. So if I can't do those things, why am I even out there? Now, some people will say, well, but your fans want to see you. Yeah, well, they can see me on any corner they want to. But let's keep it real. And I, I, I want... You know, I wasn't invited to to the, the thing, and I'm glad I wasn't because if I had been invited, I'd have went. But I'm glad I didn't see Ric Flair's last match because I want to remember the Ric Flair I had in 1985. Right, it was amazing. But I'll tell you what, though, man, for a 73-year-old man to go out there and go out there and do his thing, the people, they they were they were white hot. You know, it wasn't fucking, you know, 1985 or 95 yeah, or 2005. The people would get you killed. Well, <laughs> you know, but, but he wanted he wanted to go out there and do it, and you know everybody out there, you know, that I thought they did a really good job. They kept they kept things uh, moving, and uh, you know, people freaking wanted to honor him, man. I, I, and I was that. one of them. I was one of them. I get that. I, I wanted I wanted to be there for him, and uh, I was glad I was there to you know to be there for him. Uh, but it was uh, you know it was a. Uh, I thought Jeff and, and the boys did a great job. Uh, um, his his son in law did you know did a great job. Yeah, you know they did uh, they did really good. You know, I'm sure there were some great things out there. I'm just telling you from my heart that I worried that something might happen to him. Sure, you know, and my concern was real because I know what happens in the ring. It's like I broke this arm and the bone came out in the match. I didn't even feel it, but my opponent looked at it and he threw up on me. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. Man. Keep going because you don't feel those things right then, but you feel them afterwards. Yeah. And 
sometimes when the fans get us going and those endorphins are released in our body, it makes us feel like Superman. Well, let me ask you this then. This is a general question to both of you guys. When you know that you're approaching your last match or your retirement or whatever it may be. You don't even want to think about it. So I was going to say, how difficult is it as a performer to rectify that this could be the end for me? Because a lot of pro athletes even struggle with that in mainstream sports too. It's incredibly hard. It would be much easier if we were on a team and we had 12 other guys or 11 other guys and 10 other guys in the huddle. You're not the only star out there. So as, as a professional wrestler, it's you and your fans. You draw from them. Unfortunately, you get older. Your body breaks down. I don't care who you are. You can say what you want about wrestling, but you come try for 25 or 30 years, and let's see how you walk around, or if you even can. So we we get our encouragement from the fans, and my God, it's uncontrollable, the encouragement. Yeah. I mean, I, I would literally, and I'm sure Rick feels the same way, I would die out there for a great match. I'd trade it off. Hey, man, I can have one good match, say we'll last 20, 25 minutes, and I give up a couple of years. I'd do it. Yeah. Because I want to feel that again. I remember, I was getting a little bit off the beaten path, but I remember back in 1989, I, uh, had been requested to go to rehab. And, uh, <laughs> requested. Yeah, requested. Since I wasn't going to be wrestling, they said, oh, well, my, why not go to rehab? No, I, I needed to go to rehab. And uh, what Vince told me was, Jake, we realize you're not the only one. But these guys look up to you and they follow you and they try to be like you. I can't put everybody in rehab or we wouldn't have a card to put out there. Sure. But we think if we put you in rehab, you'll come back changed and you'll be able to help them change along in the process. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. But while I was in rehab, I went to a very good rehab here in Atlanta uh, called Ridgeview. And uh, the guy who opened that and had the government behind him, was an incredible man that knew anything and everything about addiction. He's an addiction guru. His name was Talbot. And I was lucky while I was in there because now I'm in there with my, my uh, unit had 29 doctors and Jake Roberts. There's a good mix. (laughs) Man, did I do some doctor hating? (laughs) because I know that I did drugs and wrestle, but these guys are doing drugs and operating on people. Mm. Seriously, folks. Uh, Only doctors who were in there were less for for, for abusing. And and they're getting quality drugs. Now, buying off the street like poor me. Yeah, right. I'm not getting the good shit. They're getting the real shit. They're getting 100%, (laughs) and I'm paying 10 times what they're paying. But anyway, that's another story. Well, anyway, the doctor, Dr. Talbot, I was lucky enough to get to hear him speak. And they invited uh, our significant others to be there also to hear this speech on addiction. And he had been granted $5 million by the government to explore this thought that he had on endorphins. He was the guy that discovered endorphins. Mm. First one. And uh, this guy talks so slowly. 
in the beginning, it was very hard <laughs> to try to understand what happens in the brain and yada, yada, yada. And here's, you guys are going to laugh about this. This is honest to God, truth, swear to God. Since so my team and I acquired 12 small baboons. We would masturbate the baboons to orgasm. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what did he just say? What the hell are you talking about? I swear How to God, man. Here? I swear to God. And he says, at that time, they were much easier to deal with. They were almost kind to us, which was different than before when they were very aggressive, very jumpy around. Now they were like little kittens to play with. Well, they shot so what had happened? They'd shot their load. What happened in the brain and the penis to make that happen? Well, that's the thing called endorphins. The endorphins are released. And what do you acquire when you have euphoria? Everything's good. Everything's pink and light blue. That happens in the ring. But for this, to sit there and hear this, this guru talk about masturbating monkeys, I turned to my wife and said, honey, am I that bad? <laughs> she said, I haven't uh, seen a monkey in the house yet. I knew there was a payoff to that story somewhere. Yeah. But uh, while you were Sorry. telling that story, Dallas over there was giving us our first live demonstration here on DDP Snake Pit of AG1s and just the simplicity of oh yeah of how easy it is to put it all in one bottle it's just one delicious scoop and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right dallas how's it going down there you know my, my wife Paige. every morning she brings me one get up yo and it's it's the first thing i drink as i'm waking up me too and, and again, you know, I'm not putting anything in my body that's not ultra healthy. And this stuff's amazing. And I love the taste of it. You yeah, know, and, and I had one. I knew we were doing a commercial for him today. And I and I kept this box here. Because what I love about it, because we're on the road a lot. Yeah. Packages. Bada boom. You don't have to There's carry days. The, the bottle or any of that. So you just take a couple packages with you and you're good to go. Hey, you mix and, it with water, man. And that's the thing. You know, it tastes great. And I don't care how healthy something is. Oh, uh, if it don't taste great, I can't do it. I can't. If it's fucking, it don't taste good. I'm the same way with food. The same thing. Yeah. Same thing. If it tastes like poop, I'm not eating that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really good and it's great for you. I recommend everybody yeah, you know, absolutely. give it a shot. And uh, you're going to dig the taste and, you know, you're going to get all the vitamins you need. You know, <clears> the guy from O2. Told me that, that that stuff is number one on the list of things to do if you're doing O2. Yeah, he did say that, especially yeah. for you too, yeah, because, because it, it gives me the stuff that I need. Because my body, for some reason, doesn't absorb the, the things that I need. Well, and there's no surprise that he said that, Jake, because Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading healthcare experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And the beauty is it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good and supports better sleep quality and recovery while also supporting mental clarity and alertness. And it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system now 
with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. And that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is all in one. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you five, five, five. You just saw Dallas do them. Five free travel packs with your first purchase alongside a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. All you have to do, visit athleticgreens.com forward slash DDP snake. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash DDP snake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, Dallas, do it now. Do it now. Hey, you know, the, you know, the bottom, bottom line is, man, is that in this world, now oh we've got monkeypox. Yeah. And yeah. Friggin', See? You know, See? Friggin', um monkey pox. If one traps stuff. you in the corner, grab a hold of him and just go. Never mind. <laughs> But COVID, which Paige just got again. No, oh, no, no. Got it a couple of days ago, oh, about a no. week ago, right before, right before we oh, went up. Oh, no, I, dude, two oh, weeks ago, no. right, right before <laughs> oh, Ric Flair's roast that we were going up there, she'd finally tested, you know, it was good, and I never got it. Which, but again, I thought it was twice I had it, and I and it never showed. But the point is, is your immune system. Like I didn't get it, and my immune system is about as as yeah. good as it can get. For a, a the six- way he shores his body up, man, and takes care of it. If he gets that stuff, the rest of us might as well just say, "Well, we're going to die." <laughs> <laughs> He's got ten thousand units of whatever it takes, and he's doing the oxygen. He, he does everything right. I yeah. just try to hold back hands of time, oh baby. God. You know, because it doesn't matter how old you get. If you can't enjoy it, right, it don't mean shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I'm planning on being around for a while. Yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, so we let's go so. back to the roast. Let's go back to yeah, the roast. I'm sorry. Because well, I'll tell you, my, my, my favorite comic up there was one of my buddies who was helping you know, me with some of my stuff. His name was Earl. I call him Earl the Pearl. Uh, but it's uh, Shackle. Boy, man. There, I thought he was one of the he, – he was really, really, really funny. But he, he still kept it. He didn't go too dark. There was a couple of things, places. <laughs> was but, the airplane mentioned? Was the airplane? No. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no one touched that. Um, but I thought all the comments were really good. They were really stiff, some of them. And that's something, I mean, they can say it. Yeah, I'm not, and I could never say it about Rick. I just couldn't do it. You know, we, we had our time and we had our tension. I don't think I could say it to any other rest. I couldn't say it to anybody like that, you know, to any person. We just lost. Hey, we just, oh, we're we back again. Um, but, uh, I, I thought they. I thought the whole thing was, you know, it was good. And people laughed their ass off. I said there was times where 
those things get dark. You know, it's nothing I'll ever do. You know, uh, first thing, oh God, Conrad was like, you know, D, you'd be perfect to do one of these. I'm oh like, God, now, nah, bro, I'm good. I you know, I had my last match. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. It's never gonna be better than that. You know, uh, than than I was lucky enough to you know have you know all my boys around me and and, AEW, and yeah, and it was it was it was that, a fun. That's probably the best last match I ever had. Yeah, well, it was it was great it was for me. Allowed to do what he does yeah well it was it, it was a lot of fun and, and i'm good with that um but you know i i, I the, the whole the roasted overall the, the guys the guys were a little stiff on the girls yeah. and rick mentioned it you know afterwards and i was rick was so touched by everybody's just love of rick flair you know, you know, he didn't roast anybody. <laughs> he just he got up there and just basically thanked people. And he was very emotional because that's the way Rick is. And he wore his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. And then after he you know, got, you know, talking a little bit, then he started sharing some stories, which were funny as shit, you know. And uh, and I thought everybody had a really good time, you know, and uh, signing was great. And like I said, uh, being at the uh, oh, Garrett told me about the signing. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett, the guy that works for Dallas, yeah, he loved that. That's awesome. So, uh, so, um, and it was fun going out there and hitting uh, Matt Cardona mm. with a diamond cutter. That was fun. Uh, he took a great one. Um, they they were they were lost work they wanted to do in the finish. So, you know, I said, if you guys need anything, let me know. You know, and uh, I felt good. So. You know, uh, I snuck it out. I snuck it out. Didn't, didn't get hurt. Imagine that. The one thing I did love about the whole event, the, the show, was it felt like a love letter to a lost era of wrestling. You had the old Jim Crockett set there. Yeah, um, 605. It, it, yeah. it was so cool. We had the earlier in the weekend, we had the four horsemen panel, which was so cool getting all the horsemen up there one last time together. Who was up there? They had literally, oh God, let's see. I have the list. I wasn't scene. there, so. It was, I've got to, I'm going to send you this picture that you can put over the video, but look at this. I will show you guys this. This was a picture I snapped. Look at the talent in this picture right here. There's a, fa a random fan in there as well. Oh but my God. Look at that. You see Lex there. Bret Hart snuck his way into the JCP set. How cool is that? Does it get better than that? To see David Crockett there was just so cool. And then the, the show itself, the show itself was a mix of all this incredible talent that has been killing it on the Indies, killing it in AEW, killing it in MLW. And I just thought it was a great showcase in that sense. And there's another place that showcases great talent on the Indies. And that, of course, is IWTV. IWTV.live is independent wrestling's premier streaming service for live events and video on demand of past events. And they're a proud sponsor of DDP Snake Pit. For just $10 a month, IWTV.live offers 20-plus events streamed live each month from top independent wrestling promotions such as ICW No Holds Barred, West Coast Pro, Limitless Wrestling, and as a subscriber, you have immediate access to the extensive library of more than 13,000 hours of video on-demand content from over 300 independent wrestling promotions from around the world, like Beyond Wrestling, Prestige Wrestling, Absolute, Intense Wrestling, and H2O. And the library features wrestling superstars such as Orange Cassidy, Jonathan Gresham, Masha Slamovich, Wheeler Yuta, Eddie Kingston, Nick Wayne, somebody Dallas Page just mentioned. And you can watch IWTV.live anytime, anywhere. It's available on Roku, Apple TV and Amazon Fire TV 
stick, including mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. There are no long-term contracts required. Just go to IWTV.live and subscribe today for just $10 a month. Were there any other talents other than Nick Wayne that really stood out to you that weekend, Dallas? Um, well, really, Nicky was only because I was in my own little world over mm-hmm. there for people to do the program and everything. But uh, Nick came over, his mom came over, Shauna came over first. And, you know, and I had a picture with Nick back when he was little, you know, so it's it's always fun. I, I must have oh, yeah. so many of people who came up had and, pictures when they were kids. Right. I hate <laughs> those <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I know. I had hair. Uh, and I'm going to get more hair yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> Folks, I will be. Planting my new hair. Very Planting nice. In. That's good. That's yeah. good. Um, Thanks to him. The, um, the, uh, I think today it's so great for wrestling fans and that, that, that site that has so much independent wrestling. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's an amazing time because you want to see that, that kid that came up or that, the, you know, the girl that come up like you're like, well, wow, I remember her. I was a fan of theirs then. And that's yeah. the ones who really stay fans of the people all the way through. And you could never really do that because, you know, there's a little independent you know, organization yeah, here, a little independent one here. But now the ones that are doing really well, you, you can see them all. You know, and and really get to enjoy a yeah, phenomenal side. You know, the 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 talent that's coming up. There's there's so many there's places so many. back when I, when I tried to get into wrestling, and when you tried, you had family. But when I tried, it was like, I, where do you go? Uh, like it was like it was like my a father sick, wasn't going to let me in. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. You're yeah, still exactly. around. Yeah, you had territory, so, territory, territory, territory. But I didn't know. You know, like to me, it's like how it was like a secret society. It was. You know, like how do you get in? Kayfabe was real. Yeah, man. <laughs> and believe it or die. <laughs> and today, that it's not because of business. You know, you know the uh, well, just like like their online site that they yeah. have. Absolutely. And what, what's the uh, what's the call letter? Sir? IWTV.live is the website you want to head to. Again, just $10 a month. I've been using this for more than a year now, and I absolutely love it. So yeah, and, uh, and, and I went through it. I was I was impressed. I was blown away by it. So you know, again, this is again getting something, and that's who really tuned into the show. Uh, know, the, it, wrestling fans. It's yeah. like it's like watching a movie, man. You turn the movie on and you start watching it, and, and you pick out your guy. That's my guy. Well, you go to this get this site and you see these young kids that are so hungry and i know for me i can spot one pretty quick that's going to make it i can also spot those that aren't hey there, there there's a picture that he has uh well actually it was uh drew mcintyre of drew being 16 years old mm-hmm. to make sure we get that picture over because we're going to get yeah. you guys do all the picture stuff we're too we're too jammed right now <laughs> you to put that together. So send that picture over to your people. Uh, so they, they've got it, John. But uh, make sure we get that picture uh, for uh, of Drew uh, on there because it's uh, it's it's cool to see a 16-year-old yes, Drew McIntyre. Yo, skinny, tall, 6'5", six, 6'6", yeah. six, whatever he is. But what a rush it is for me to see that kid then and say, this kid's going to make it. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And he told him that. I told him that. And then I seen him in the WWE his first trip through. Right. Dude, go back to being you. You're lost. He left, he came back, and he was himself. Yeah. 
here's, here's my here's my thought on that process. You know, you, you, as you young kids come up, you know, people are going to suggest you do this gimmick or that gimmick, whatever. But remember this, it's you doing it. If you're going to do something, all right, wouldn't you rather you wouldn't you rather it be your idea if you're going to fail? I don't want to fail doing your idea because that means I never got a shot with it with my idea, which I truly believed in. And it's not easy finding you, but if you patient enough, patient enough, you can do it. I've got a gimmick that could be the greatest gimmick in the world. It always has been the greatest gimmick, but nobody wants to do it because well, I, I don't want to do that. Cry baby. Mm. A heel is a crybaby. MJF can pull it off and that quick. If he went to stomping his feet and throwing temper tantrums out there and they started chanting crybaby, he'd be a millionaire tomorrow. Because everybody hates a crybaby. If you're in the supermarket and you see a kid throwing a temper tantrum, kicking his legs on the floor and screaming and crying, and the mothers ignore him, you want to punch the kid and punch the mother. <laughs> That's how, that's how obnoxious they are. But nobody wants to do that gimmick because, they, oh, man, I don't want to be that guy. If you're going to be that guy, be that guy with a pocket full of money. <laughs> well, I think MJF's got a pretty good deal going. Oh, right yeah, now. he does. He does. I'm just saying you've got to come back at some point, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. When it's absolutely needed. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting so we got about a half hour here, guys. I want to talk more about Rick. Um, yeah, me too. We, we know you just mentioned the match in 85 with Rick. When, though, for both of you, did you realize that Rick Flair was a truly special generational talent? Was there one moment or one match in particular that it clicked for you guys? I have, I have two things. When he survived that plane crash was number one. Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. in 75, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that, is that, is that the time? time he was in the 70s, neck. I believe, yeah. Broken neck and came back from it. It was 1975. Broken back. Broken back. 1975. I don't know if Ric Flair would have became Ric Flair without that plane crash because at that time, he wasn't one of the main event guys. But that plane crash took two or three key people out of the Crockett organization and they had to have somebody in that spot right there, right now. So he got up and came and did it. How long did he take down? Do you remember? Not long. I, Not I long. believe that. Not long. <laughs> if any time. Yeah. I don't know. But, and then when I was booking for uh, what became WCW uh, in eighty. Four, I think, 83, 84, he came in and they just wanted to, they just wanted to put him out there on TV so he could have some time on TV so he could blast it around the country because at the time Turner was doing it. Right. And it was going everywhere. It was, it was really powerful. And when Rick got there, he walked in, came to me and he goes, what I'll get. I said, how much do you need? He said, give me four minutes. I know it's a lot of time, but just give me four minutes. Sure, absolutely. I had a, Actually, I had him written down for seven, <laughs> but I didn't tell him that. Because <laughs> four minutes is a long time on that TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, but not for him. Rick, but. <laughs> Rick Flair's not stupid. He brought some eye candy along with him. You know, he had the three or four ladies with him. 
by the way, who were professional models. They weren't right ring rats or whatever you want to say. Well, maybe one of them. But anyway, <laughs> he went out there and he did it. And he actually did it in three minutes and 58 seconds. And he was off. He didn't wander around and go to the ring and pound the mat like some people would, because you were just walking from the set to the ring. It wasn't, you know, 20 feet. He snapped it off, broke it off, and was out. True professional. True professional. You folks at home, try to try to do a two-minute interview. Hmm. Look at it and, and have a have a clock over here. Let's see if you nail it. I can do it every damn time. You try. If Larry did it, no problem. Yeah, yeah. When I, as a just young young man watching wrestling, you know, in my twenties and stuff, the first time I'd seen him, I was like, "Wow, a cat." Boy, he got it at a different level. Yeah, and uh, he was at a different level. No he doubt. was, he was, man. He, uh, and, and it wasn't, you know, like a lot of guys can just talk, you know. But when you put the talk with the work, and he did love you, know, and 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 the strut, you know, everything, yeah. and the little specialty things that he did, like the things that made him Ric Flair, like it, you know, like nobody really was doing. And when you see something that's out there, and you know, everything's been done today, but when he came up, there ain't people doing that. You know, especially yeah. the little things like the you know, boom, boom, boom in the ring, and he takes a step out and takes the face bump. <laughs> you know, it was nothing, but it was so awesome. And people bought it. Like when I was watching that match that you guys had, man, the people were buying everything. And some of it you got to go to yourself. How are they buying that? But they were in it, they were invested. And Flair really brought that. I mean, there's this is, you know, icon at a different level. I think when Rick did, you know, it's always been like the top guys, like the top guys was Mach and Hogan yeah. and Flair, you know, before Austin came along and yeah. all of that. Like those guys for eternity were the top guys. Like yeah. Dusty was right there too. But those three, like, like who's the number one guy? And I would have said Hulk for a long time, but once they did Rick's 30 for 30, it was over. It went to a different spot. Yeah. And I feel like I, Rick kind of took that spot, you know, of being the guy, if you say, like the most over cat. Yeah. Because um, when you got the guys in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the room, uh, you know, in the, um, the players in the football backstage and they're in, they're in their locker room and <laughs> give me two claps to the Rick Flair. Woo, like what? Like, like when you're part of the championship belts on the sideline. It's yeah. pop, it's even, pop culture. It's even in baseball too. Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. just part of it's part the, of who we are. The belts are everywhere yeah. now. Yeah. The belts are everywhere. I I, I want to I, I did remember another match of Rick's that was incredible. Uh what he did. Because he had to take Kerry Von Eric to the ring for 35 minutes. And Kerry couldn't even tie his boots. He was so messed up. And Rick went out there and made the match around Kerry standing in the middle of the ring doing nothing. Wow. You know, he would attack him and tell him to stand there. And Kerry just, you know, and the fans didn't catch on until later in the match. Something wrong with Kerry. And, of course, they put it out that it was a, some type of infection 
but um, he was infected in the locker room, <laughs> okay, and outside. But uh, it was horrible to see that he had the, the world championship have to get in the ring with somebody like that. It was messed up. And I've been guilty of that. And I'm ashamed that I did it. Uh, I didn't do it till later in my career, but it doesn't matter. It's still part of my history. Yeah. My history will not be my destiny, motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Life is too good. Let it slide by you. Ric Flair, let nothing, absolutely nothing slide by him. My favorite stuff with him was him and Dusty. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Please. That was magical. Midnight Rider. Yeah, man. That was magical, man. You know, just the, the storytelling between oh. those two cats and you talk about not not having like like the match you guys had. Yeah. You know, it was like you didn't. They didn't have to do. They did a lot, but they didn't have to do a lot. They didn't have to do a lot because they were just so over yeah. everything we did. They bought and yeah, their storytelling was just insane. You know, it all came to talk about characters. They you know in the world championship. I think Dusty dropped it uh, the first time that he that he had it. He dropped it back to Flair. Yeah. And uh, and that would be that would be the storyline. Yeah, man, that would be a uh, an unbelievable uh, you know feud that lasts a lifetime. And those two guys, you know, it was a like who's the top guy? You know what I mean? They bounce back in that spot because they went territory territory with it, right? You know. And Jake, you know how they were able to go to you know how they were able to go territory territory, Jake, because they had car shield. Of course, back in the day. Ah, <laughs> they were flying. Car shield I makes tell you what, the, car shield works. <laughs> it makes it easy and affordable to protect your car from expensive repairs, and Every that is just blast. for starters. It is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car has five thousand miles or one hundred fifty thousand miles, it's so simple to get your car fixed when you need a repair. You choose the mechanic and car shields administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork, no headaches, nothing you're taking care of. And if your car breaks down, you're stuck on the side of the road. You got to make that town. You got to get that flare and dusty match. Well, you're in luck because car shield also has coast to coast roadside assistance and administrators are there with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Get coverage today and you'll lock in your price right now. It will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs. How great is that? Especially if you're trying to make the towns. Just saying. I needed it last week because my truck's air conditioning went down. And I thought, well, this is okay. It's a Freon gimmick. They put the Freon in it. I'll be ready to go. 75 bucks, no problem. Not so, Jake. There's new Freon out there that's better. And guess what? It's $3,000 to fix that damn truck. Oh, no. I could not believe it. They had to pull the whole dash out because a little bitty computer that's up under the dash could cause the problem. You don't have car shield. You won't pay three grand like I did. And I was pissed. Well, it can help protect your wallet from expensive repairs like that. Go to carshield.com slash podcast. Start your plan. Lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Diamond Dallas Page, I got a question for you. Is Steamboat Flare the greatest series of matches ever? Yeah. You know, I, I, again, those, those are matches that I watched, you know, like when, like the Bible. Like watched like, like whether it's Savage Steamboat or 
Rick and Steamboat. And those that I mean, how many times do you think those guys work together? Three thousand, yeah, <laughs> not maybe not three thousand, but you know, hundreds of times. They danced so, so they, a million miles. They were like Fred and Ginger to me. Yeah, you know, watching their stuff and the psychology. You know, I, I, I know that I, I saw this somewhere in a sheet that they had. Um, that it was at one. It was a six band that 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 you were in with Steamboat and Flair on your side. Now, is nature obviously was it was he a baby face? Because yeah. he, he would have those little turns of for baby oh, face, yeah. they come right back to being Rick Flair. Yeah. He was always doing something. Rick was smart enough and and could pull that character inside the street he went on, you know. And, and that's what made him so great. I mean, how how can you not love guy? How can you not love the guy, but how can you not hate him too? You know, jealousy is a funny worm, man. And more people have died over jealousy than any war ever produced. And Ric Flair made a lot of people jealous. <laughs> Lots of people, you know. And some of them were his opponents, you know. So, but uh, I, I don't know if it would be the greatest series of matches, but it would certainly be in the top two or three. I mean, there was some stuff by by Terry Funk back in the day with Dusty oh, and Murdoch. That, that, that was so I mean, magic. come on, you know. Put the outlaws out there. Let them go. You know, Jesus Christ, what they did out there to people. You know, when yeah. I when I came into Florida Championship Wrestling in '89, when Dusty, because <laughs> they, they wanted Dusty to turn heel, when Ted Turner bought and you know created WCW, and they wanted him to turn heel, and Dusty's like, that ain't happening. Maybe that ain't happening. Yeah, and, and he left, and he went to Florida Championship Wrestling. And that's where, as he was coming in there, Mike Graham brought me in there. And Dusty made me a color commentator and a manager. And he put me in the, you know, in the office and taught me stuff. He pulled me under his wing. And Terry Funk came in. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He cut this promo on his Dusty. Oh, my God. He had a chainsaw and going his big like oh man he busts dusty's ball so bad oh bro he could be brutal oh he could be too it was almost like one of those comics oh, God. <laughs> on freaking the flares roast he was oh my god he was brutal and he chopped off he had a big you know like michelin man type uh, cut out of Dusty and wood, and he cut his arms off and he cut his legs off. And, and, and the, the promo that he sent there. And then I brought a present for Dusty, and it was this, 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 uh, this big you know, package, and I push it out. And of course, the package has funk in it, and he comes out and starts kicking Dusty's ass. <laughs> and <laughs> nothing uh, better than those two, man. It was fun to watch. Yeah, Jake, when he comes into the World Wrestling Federation in the early '90s, we know the iconic '92 Royal Rumble match where he yeah. wins the World Championship, yeah. followed by the tear in my eye promo. After that, yeah. uh, many wrestling fans of today's generation look back at that and say. That's the moment that that hooked me on pro wrestling. How significant was him coming into New York for you guys at the time? We know it didn't pan out super well. He didn't do anything extremely significant during that run other than this world title win when he came yeah. in. I remember Vince called me and told me to, to get a hold of Rick, find him, 
and tell him he better be, get on a bicycle and put some time in on that bike because tomorrow night you're going all the way through that Royal Rumble. I think that Rumble's what made it, you know, uh, as far as WWF or WWE, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was tough on Rick because there were a lot of people not wanting the best things to happen for him. A lot of jealousy. A lot of jealousy, man. Especially then it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy got it all down there, and now he's going to come up here and get it all too? Because a lot of people felt like he was taking their spot. I didn't ever think like that. I always thought like, let's make this whole package better. And if it can be made better by me doing this for Rick or him doing this for me, then it's a good thing. But a lot of people, they put the brakes on whenever Rick wanted to do something. But I remember doing the thing with him and Piper, you know, in that rumble, you know, and uh, they had the three of us in the ring and, and wonder what's going to happen there. Mm. And and I hit him with a spot where we wound up turning on each other both, both ways and kind of kicked the whole match off. I had enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, I know Piper came to me afterwards and, and Rick did too and said, that was a great spot, man. It worked so well. But the reason it worked is because we knew what to sell and what not to sell, mm. you know? And we took the time to do it. We had two minutes because back then it was every two minutes they sent somebody's ring. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes is a long time, brother. Yeah, it is. Especially if you're one of the first two or three guys, you've got 60 minutes left. You know? Right. And the whole thing about the Rumble was every time somebody came to the ring, they kicked your ass. You know? oh, Everybody made their own comebacks. And uh, Flair was there for all of them. I was smart. I got in a corner and hid. <laughs> Dallas, the most significant moment you have with Ric Flair in the ring in your career comes in 1999, specifically Spring Stampede. It's when he's back in WCW. He's a world champion. And you're in a match that is just loaded with talent. Hogan, Sting, Flair, yourself. You pin Ric Flair with the diamond cutter to win the championship. This is, that is no insignificant accomplishment there. Yeah. It was a a big deal. The biggest deal. (laughs) You know, um, and when I went in the Hall of Fame, that's, you know, that I spent a little time on that with Rick, you know, because I was thanking everybody. And I, I wanted to really thank him because I knew that that, moment and you know there's guys who wouldn't do shit right so he could have said no and nobody would have said nothing yeah you know friggin', he could have said no but he didn't and he did the business and i said man it's something i'll never forget because and i was up on that podium you know uh it put me one step closer to getting there and you know to be in in a match with the stinger and hulk and him and randy you know, as the guest referee, you know, it was, uh, I, I don't even know how to, yeah. it made, it, it's all the hard work that you've ever put in, all the shit that you, you know, that, you know, drove you crazy. And that's and, being analytical. <laughs> it's, 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 it all, it all, it all pays off. It just shows that hard work and due diligence and, you know, and just never quitting, you know eventually and i and i had been in a talk with dusty it was literally four years four months and and uh uh 11 days before like so it was 
when Dusty and I were talking on the phone, I was really upset with the booking. This is four years, four months, and uh, 14 yeah, days right earlier. Uh, and I said, I, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk. I know I'm never going to be the world champion. And man, he went off on you. He went off <laughs> on me. Damn it. What did you just say? And I was like, well, now I feel kind of stupid. Come, well, I know I'm never going to be you or Rick or no, D, what did you say after that? Well, I know I'm never going to be the world champion. He goes, and what the? fuck are you doing this for? And I always say hell, but he said fuck. Yeah. And he said, if you don't believe as hard as you work, if you don't believe in you, then you need to get the fuck out of our business right now. And he kept going. And I felt like he was reaching bitch slap. He did. You know? And he kept going. I can't tell you what he said after that, but I got legal pad right next to me, next to my phone. Wow. And I wrote, I'll be the world champion in five years or less. That's awesome. And it was four years, four months, and 14 days. And the crazy part was that I said I'm never going to be you or Rick or Hulk, and then I get in the ring with Rick and Hulk. How they talk about manifesting <laughs> something to yeah. happen that you yeah. have no control over. I can see a movie coming. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, when you're when you're becoming world champion, Dallas, you got to sleep like a world champion too. And chili sleep helps you do just that by lowering your core body temperature. Temperature controlled sleep repairs muscles after a hard day's work and improves cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert, just like a world champion. See, chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well being, like the Uller and Cube sleep systems, hydro powered temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature they are luxury mattress pads that keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep whether you sleep hot or cold they are sleep systems designed to help you fall asleep stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day dallas how much would you have valued having one of these chili sleep systems when you were on the road as world champion in wcw hey and, and the truth is though I bring that kind of stuff with me. Yeah, he and would. Jake, he would. And Jake bringing him tell He'll you. Walk too. out of his house. He'll have coolers full of stuff. This what's in that cooler? Uh-huh. Uh, that's uh, what were we drinking back then? The, uh, organic juices. The organic juices. Frozen. Oh my God! And then he I'll had cut, the cold press over here. Drink. I would bring a blender. He'd have ten. He'd have ten bags for ice to put in him. So after the match, he could tape those to his arms, his legs, his knees, his nose, whatever. It was three bags of ice. Yeah, iced. <laughs> but I Jesus still bring all. Christ. Like my sure. wife is a minimalist. You know, she could go and go you know, put a backpack on and run 107 back in the day, 170 miles in six and a half days, sleeping in a hammock. Go. But her food, everything she gets with me, and I'm a maximalist. <laughs> so I've got so chilly sleep. And, and for for starters, I love to have that cool down bed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you get in there, when you're, oh, when, yeah. especially during the night, you can control the levels. And sometimes it's hot, you know, because sometimes she, you want to warm mama up. You push your button. Yeah, that, that's the other side of it too. It's cold. You can warm it up. Cooler than the other side of the pillow. hundred percent. Right? You love that other side Damn of that pillow. Great. But now you control your bed on that, and that's what I love the most about it. I and love she that. loves it. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, What's so, I love about it, man? I can't. I can't believe the difference. 
Well, you can head over to chillysleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more. Save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or ruler sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for DDP snake pit listeners. And it's only available for a limited time. That's chili, C H I L I, sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every single day. Well, gentlemen, uh, Ric Flair ends up eventually returning to the World Wrestling Federation, WWE, and he gets one more run with Vince. He has the Royal Rumble match that a lot of people remember with he and Vince where they absolutely beat the living shit out of each other. He gets a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. He becomes part of Evolution. It's this final act of Ric Flair's career that I think a lot of people probably didn't expect him to have. And it's capped off by a retirement match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. What did you guys think of his last true run in wrestling there? I thought it was phenomenal. Um, That's a great match, man. You know, Vince, they really put their heads together to come up with that. And uh, for it to wind up with Shawn is very special for the way Shawn felt uh, about Rick and how he mirrored his career after Rick. Uh, You know, very lucky for Shawn. You know, not only was it a great moment for uh, for Rick, it was a Unbelievable moment for for Shawn Michaels. So anytime you can make both guys that happy, you're doing something right. And Vince, you know, Vince gets a lot of shit thrown at him back in those days about this guy didn't get this, this I didn't get that. But what Vince did worked. You know, it worked, folks. Hate it, but it worked. Hey, I, I thought that match was was amazing, and it yeah. was a, a, a really unbelievable send off. Yeah, and I love that the, the special moment between him and Sean. Yeah. And, and you know, I love you, Ben. You know, like that. I'm sorry, I love you. Really yeah, feel that. Yeah. You know, and the uh, Nature Boy has been a lot to so many different everybody, guys. Man. You know, because there's a little piece of of everybody. Yeah, you know, and and just wanting to be, you know, that guy. I mean, to me. Like, I'm just so glad that we had fixed our shit, you know, 14 years ago. And it was that, it was that big blow up with the balloons and everybody coming down to see him, everybody hugging and crying and, you know, and Rick's crying. And I got a tear in my eye. I'm like, a lot of people cry my ass off. Uh, I, I got to fix this. And that's when we, you know, got together and talked. And ever since then, I consider him super, super tight and uh, just, was proud to be there, you know, for, you know, his send off for what he wanted to do. You know, I was proud to be there. Yeah, it's it was an all time great moment. You know, he would go on to have a little bit of a run in TNA and then eventually this last match that we just had. But when I look back, I, I definitely see that WrestleMania 24 match as the definitive end to Ric Flair's career. And then he had a little bit of an epilogue after that. So, yeah, yeah. And that's that, OK. He's Ric Flair. He's right That's right. No doubt about it. Guys, anything else you'd like to add on Rick here as we wrap things up? I just want to say this. Rick, I love you. I respect you. A little bit of jealousy. <laughs> but ain't that natural, man? <laughs> Let's go uh, do a barbecue sometime. There you go. Without booze. There you go. I, I can do it. That. Can you? <laughs> Dallas, anything you'd like to add? Oh, dude, I think I've already said it, man. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, I was, it was a pleasure to be there, and I love being, you know, a part of Nature Boy. Like, he called me. Yeah. He actually called me to be in the match and originally, and he said, you know, would you consider, 
you know, coming in and, and doing it. And I said, Rick, I feel so good. You know, I don't want to take a chance of, I said, if you need me for a diamond cutter, false finish, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I go, but man, I feel so good. You know, he goes, I feel great. I go, you're, you're, he goes, I'm 73. I go, you're not from this planet. You know? (laughs) And then he said, uh, well, then you got to come and do the roast. You got to do the roast. I would come on. It'll be fun. I'm like, Nate, you're asking me to do it. I'll do that. You know? And then that became, you know, like the drama of, I can't say that shit about him. I just couldn't do it. But I came up with some good stuff yeah. and my boys took care of me. And, uh, you know, from Earl, Earl to Pearl to uh, all the other guys I mentioned, uh, yeah. they helped me out with it. So uh, it was a lot of fun. There was one more thing I know that you wanted to add here real quick, Dallas. And that was a shout out to Armani White, just signed to yeah. Def Jam's records. This guy from West Philly, he's a rapper. He just put out a new single and video called Diamond Dallas. And you're all about this, my friend, aren't you? Uh, it was pretty cool, man. You know, when you when you see a, a young kid who uh, got a lot of talent and, you know, he's blowing up. And he, I was his favorite wrestler. And he's going to do a little tribute to me on that. Obviously, you never see me wrestle. <laughs> with that i'm out of here oh i've never heard a bunch check, of crap in my life like that That's check our money out see uh, you next week we'll see you next week right here guys on ddp snake pit